The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. It's a sweet, sweet Friday. <laughs> all right. Nick had to just slip that in again because I called for raises all around, Jerry. I added you to the list because you brought coffee this morning and you're here early. Yeah, the people yeah. who come in early now that I've experienced it for an entire week, uh-huh. that should get a raise, definitely. Uh, you haven't been here. You've been gone for a while. You're under the delusion <laughs> your opinion matters. <laughs> Okay, Jerry. Yeah, well, thank you for being with the round table. You can yeah. go now. Okay. All right. Uh, Vas Bednar is with us, Executive Director of the MPP and Digital Society at McMaster University, and uh, Sabrina Nanji, who's with Queen's Park Observer. And of course, you've already heard Jerry Argar. Good morning to you all. Um, let's start with this federal provincial announcement that's being made this morning. Um, you know, it's, it's more money going into health care. My concern always is with all of these announcements that do we ever know, depending on who we hold accountable for this, what actually happens with the money? I'd love it if we'd say, well, there's going to be three more doctors for Sudbury and two more nurses at uh, Toronto General Hospital and be able to be very specific about it. And either they materialized or they didn't. I know that's not necessarily realistic, but what do we make of this announcement this morning? I'll start with you, Vass. Um, that's so interesting that you're that you're focused on like yeah the the end products and how how we're going to know these these dollars were well invested. I think for right now the where the envelope is kind of being targeted across mental health supports for rural and remote communities as well, creating new primary health teams. I think is worth. I'm with you know Premier Ford to sort of celebrate and say hey this is a good day with the feds and the provinces cooperating on this super important policy area. Well, I guess it, it is a great day. Don't get me wrong, but I said right to Prime. Minister Trudeau, in my office on this very subject when it came to mental health that you announced with mm-hmm. Premier Ford, this big multi-year deal on mental health. And I told him, uh, being honest and very respectful, I can't think of a single place in which I saw the money actually manifest itself in more treatment or more uh, help for people. And maybe that's just that I wasn't looking carefully enough, but I don't think I was entirely wrong. Um, you know, Jerry, in, in, in saying to him... Where does we, it go? Uh, well, well where do, that's the point. Where that does was it going go? to be okay. my question. I mean, somebody has to be able to say, here's where the money went. Because because if the end goal was not achieved, but the money got spent, what did it get spent on? I mean, do the, is everything the Arrive Can app just consultants hoover up the money and then we're done? I don't think so, but I mean, Sabrina, uh, you know, and maybe I'm sounding like a crank this morning on what should be a good news day. Vass was making that point, but I just think people out there, I think I'm speaking for them and saying, we need more doctors, we need more nurses, we need to know they're actually going to be there and where they are and how we reach them and how we access their service. And maybe I'm being a crank about this. What do you think about this announcement today? No, I'm totally with you. I mean, I want to see the fine print of this, and I guess we'll we'll see more later today. But you know, th- this these healthcare agreements that the feds have been signing with the provinces. I mean, you know, last year some of the premiers were griping about there being strings attached to this, and I thought it was good of Doug Ford to say, you know, we're going to spend this on healthcare. Here's how we're going to do it, and he's welcoming this with open arms, and and that's what should be happening. Uh, I know that one thing that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for is the the creation of these new primary care teams in particular, um, because as we know, you know, a lot of folks already don't have access to a family doctor. That means they might be going to the ER and and clogging up the hospitals um, when they don't necessarily have to. So I do think we're going to see the fine print of this here. We've already got some details about you know um, uh, boosting access to healthcare in the north and remote and rural areas, uh, more nurse practitioners and that sort of thing. But you're not wrong. And I think a lot of us are feeling, um, you know, not optimistic, very pessimistic about the state of our healthcare system. And more money sounds great. But I think a lot of us, you know, we don't have much faith because we've just been experiencing the healthcare system and we know it's completely bogged down. 
This sort of ties into something that happened on my show yesterday where I was talking about uh, something that Pierre Polyev said he would do or whatever. And people, and people you know, diss the whole thing before it started. I would, I, I would say this is a great announcement in and of itself, and, but it is, it, and I don't want to come on here and say it'll, it'll be a big failure. Maybe it won't, but it is justified at least to say, okay, but we want you to really show us you're doing something with this money. Yeah, and look, the other yeah. good news of it all is that the two of them are meeting and getting together and actually making an announcement and moving forward, and I commend both of them for working with each other as opposed to engaging in all this sniping that often goes on. So another thing that's coming up that will have a big impact on Ontario um, is the court decision, the Court of Appeals decision with respect to Bill 124, for those who may not be up on bill numbers, it's the bill passed a long time ago that restrained public sector wage increases to 1%, was challenged in the courts by the unions, and the unions won. And the law was declared unconstitutional, so the government appealed to the Court of Appeal, and the decision is coming on uh, Monday. And I guess I'll start with you, Sabrina, because it is something that's very much on, the, it's going to be have a profound impact on the provincial government, both in terms of the precedent, not the first one of its kind, but the precedent in cases of this kind about wage restraint bills. And secondly, though, if the government continues to lose, and I presume it'll go to the Supreme Court of Canada in that event, um, it could have a big cost to them in terms of wages they didn't pay uh, because they thought they didn't have to under their own law, but end up being responsible for it. it so it's a, it's a fairly big decision for them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You did a, a great job of setting the table here. I mean, everyone at Queen's Park is going to be watching, you know, this decision on Monday morning with, with you know, close Close, they'll be watching it closely here. And and that's because, you know, Bill 124 has been a headache for years now for this government. Unions have fought it. They, at this point, have won. And the court, the courts have deemed it, I guess the lower court had deemed it unconstitutional because it infringed on workers' rights to collectively bargain, otherwise known as freedom of association. And this is something that, that the courts have already ruled on. And, and now, as you said, the Ford government is appealing this. And so we're going to see if the Court of Appeal will uphold this decision um, as unconstitutional, which the unions are arguing but what's interesting here is that, you know, the potential of this law being upheld as unconstitutional could have serious implications for our bottom line here. I mean, uh, you know, arbitrators and even the government itself have already been awarding back pay to nurses, teachers and other public sector workers who have been held to this wage restraint law. Um, and if this ruling is upheld, then it could mean, you know, the province is going to have to cough up even more uh, cash to sort of make up for that uh, for public sector workers. And, and that could be billions of dollars. The Financial Accountability Office has said it could be, you know, $8 billion wow. uh, on the bottom line. So th this is a, a big day uh, if the Ford government decides, if it doesn't go their way and they decide to take it to the Supreme Court, uh, this could be, a, you know, a, a long fight for them. Exactly. Jerry, I'm assuming you're very happy with the court's intervention in uh, this kind of matter. Well, I, I will I will uh, exempt the healthcare sector from what I'm going to say, because as we were just discussing, I think they're understaffed and we have a healthcare crisis and that needs to get fixed. But otherwise, if you're in the public sector and you're whining and complaining because your salaries were frozen for a period of time, as you sit there with your great benefits and retirement uh, opportunity and stunningly high job protection and everything else that you have, I'm sitting here just having lost 4,800 of my colleagues across the country. So cry me a river because I won't cry one for 
for you. Well, on that note, uh, interesting note, uh, we'll move uh, to something different, Vass, uh, and ask you about uh, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister, yesterday blaming Stephen Harper uh, for uh, cuts that led to the auto theft issue or contributed to it. But then I did have the minister on just now, and I said to him, and this is maybe the point I'll ask you about, I said to uh, Dominic LeBlanc, the public safety minister, look, the key here is going to be, can you move quickly to make some of these changes in the criminal code and in technology and in what manufacturers have to do to stop cars from being as easily stolen as they are now. Hey, I think you asked the right question. I mean, this is partially a regulatory question of cars themselves, right? And standards. So uh, car manufacturers, uh, the digitization of car elements is what has helped to facilitate uh, what people are calling this explosive growth in, in car thefts. I was actually looking at a graph last night on Twitter. I don't want to sound too smart like a graph someone made, but they shared on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, relative over time, the, the volume of car thefts haven't gone up overall in Canada, but it seems to be in particular geographic areas. So uh, yes, how quickly can the government compel uh, manufacturers to make particular changes? You know, the policy pain point seems to be the consequent uh, subsequent rise in insurance costs, right, for a vehicle. So mm -hmm. are we going to bargain with insurance companies instead and try to kind of slow or cap that rate of growth and then just let cars get stolen? That's a uh, That'd be my briefing note, too. All right. I'm going to give uh, Sabrina and Jerry a chance to comment on just this last item, which is an ad out there uh, by a uh, somebody who's promoting, uh, I guess, investment in, uh, you know, rental properties that you should have. And, and uh, the, the ad sort of says that uh, people who own these condos and apartments they rent out are getting richer in their sleep because the value is going up. And people are criticizing this as being tone deaf, given that we've got a housing crisis that you're saying to people, here's a way to get richer, um, as opposed to... Any, anything else they might say to market these apartments. Do you think that's a, a fair comment uh, in terms of, uh, uh, Sabrina, in terms of uh, being tone deaf, or do you think it's just uh, much ado about nothing? I mean, of course, I think it's tone deaf. It's like, read the room. This is an ad that's in the street window where like everyday people are walking by and everyday people right now are struggling to pay their rent or their mortgage. Um, I, I'm just surprised that no one vetted this. There was no one around the boardroom table that said, are we sure we want to go with this ad before it was finalized? I mean, we all know the housing crisis is, is complicated and there's a lot of factors at play here. And we, of course, we need landlords, but we all know that part of the problem is these wealthy investors buying up precious housing stock. And I think that this ad is just salt in the wounds of anyone struggling to pay their bills, and that's pretty much everyone these days. I'm guessing, Jerry, you might have a different view, but tell me about what. No, you no, think. I, I'm. I, well, I was trying to think this morning when I first learned about this. What would I have done if I were in the meeting uh, to do this ad? I might have said, "Is there another way we can do this? Like maybe when we're talking to investors, we could say that." Uh, but if if you want to be hard cold ab about it, and I guess they are, somebody in a meeting, like suppose you said to me, John, I'm just role playing here, okay? And you said to me, "That's going to sound really tone deaf, and people are going to hate us." And I'm saying, "Of course, people are going to hate us. They already hate us. Who?" Cares? cares. Uh, the, the ad is targeted toward the person who has the money to look at it and go, I can make more money while I sleep. Sounds good to me. That's who the ad is targeted toward. We can all go ahead and hate them. And I don't think I would have run that ad, but I get it. 
Yeah, well, and, 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 you know, I think no matter what you say, they could have said, here's an opportunity for you to provide some much-needed rental accommodation to somebody, but at the same time, have a bit of income for yourself. And there's a way to put it that sounds pretty benign, as opposed to getting richer while you sleep, which sounds a little bit sort of, I don't know. Well, you mean be political instead of just straight-out honest what it is you're doing? <laughs> don't try and make this about me, Jerry. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all. It was, we're going to ask you about the Super Bowl, but that might have dragged me into mentioning that name that is not going to be named by me in in, in discussing the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, but I hope you all enjoy it if you're watching and have a great weekend. And thanks very much again to Vas Bednar, to Sabrina Nanji, and to Jerry Agar. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.